Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast, Minnesota's premier broadcast podcast for all things craft beer, and cigars, cheese. We're actually talking coffee today. I'm very excited by that. Yes, sir. We haven't had coffee on the show in a while. You told me you wanted to talk about more cheese, so I brought in coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last time we talked about coffee, it was with uh, Up Coffee Roasters. Uh, yes, it was. We were at Insight, it. and it was a phenomenal afternoon and a phenomenal show. Yeah, it really was. You should you should go listen to it after this one. It's in the archives. You can catch uh, all the old shows in the archives at Minnesota Beercast. Before we uh, before we get into our show today, let's uh, let's do a few uh, obligatory shameless plugs. Uh, we got a busy March coming up. Yeah, uh, we are going to be doing the show uh, live from uh, Bachfest mm-hmm. down in New Ulm. That's coming up on March third. We'll be down there. We'll be recording it live. Yes, we will be live to tape <laughs> uh, at Bachfest. Uh, that, that's exciting for me because that'll be be my first time down there. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I. I think I might have said it last week, but if you have the afternoon free, if you have the day free, uh, go to New Ulm, go to Bachfest. It is, it is a great experience. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I've been wanting to go. Well, I've been wanting to just visit Shells, you mm-hmm. know, for three years now, and I just never got around to doing it. So this is going to be uh, this is gonna be a great time, and that should be a really fun show. Uh, so we'll be there. Stop by and say hello if you are uh, if you're heading to Bachfest. March seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day. It's on a Saturday this year. Mm-hmm. That's handy. Off the chain. <laughs> I like when St. Patrick's Day falls on a weekend. <laughs> uh, we will be uh, up in Buffalo. Yeah, we're going to be at Hayes Public House. Yeah, so we're going to be uh, taking part in that celebration. Uh, really looking forward to that. Up in, I, up in the Sansevier neck of the woods. Yeah, see if Sam's around. Maybe she can come come I'll, hang out. I'll, I will invite her. See if she can drive us home. So we're going to do a show <laughs> from uh, from Hayes on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that's on the seventeenth. So mm-hmm. uh, so make your plans now. And then of course March twenty fourth. We've been talking about it uh, for a while now. The uh, Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest at the Minnesota History Center. Uh, this will be our fourth. Sure. Time yeah, doing the show. From I, there. I didn't mark Three it in my calendar. Time. I don't know. It's, we've been there a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And another, you know, we only go to the coolest spots, so I <laughs> can recommend that one too. Uh, if you haven't tagged us and and uh, their Twitter account on social media yet, be sure to do so uh, and enter yourself for an opportunity to win a couple tickets. There, uh, it's one of the premier events uh, in the year, and those uh, tickets are highly valued. Yeah, the, it, 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 there are still tickets available to be purchased. You go to uh, uh, Rare Beer Fest, Minnesota, or just uh, uh, rarebeerfest.com, uh, but they will sell out. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't got your tickets yet and, uh, and you want to make sure you, you go to Rare Beer Fest and buy your tickets, absolutely. stop by and uh, say hello to us there, too. Yeah, and uh, before we get into coffee, as long as we're talking about beer festivals, I uh, I went to the Winterfest this last weekend. Yeah, I think, Got, think I must have missed my invite. Mm-hmm. I, you, uh, <laughs> actually, didn't you say you were going to see Black Panther instead? I yeah, didn't believe I yeah. gave you an invite. You asked me if I wanted to come, and I'd already bought tickets to Black Panther. See? So. So, choices. <laughs> well, I mean, I already had the tickets. <laughs> that was a great movie. Dude, uh, I was really impressed with Winterfest. Um, I was really impressed with Black Panther. <laughs> but how did it taste? Uh, the popcorn was fine, I guess. <laughs> no, I you know, the Winterfest was phenomenal. There was a bit of a change in the format this year uh, where they gave uh, two, that's four brewers, uh, pairings with uh, different food venues from around town, uh, the bars or restaurants, the like, uh, who do 
really good food. Um, so it was nice. Um, you know, you hear me talk about it all the time here on the Minnesota beer cast where we need to be more, uh, in partnership with those dining venues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a great job of that. Um, I think that some of the brewers might've not cared for the fact that their, their options were paired back with what they could bring to the festival. Um, but I thought, I thought overall for the consumer side of things, that was a great experience. Um, just being able to to have that festival evolve, uh, I think, is a good thing. First of all, it keeps from getting stale. Um, you know, it's not going to be the same thing right. every year. And there's a lot of festivals now, and yeah. and we are getting to a point where you know I think every festival is going to have to do things like that to stand out. I agree. It's one thing to be able to go and just try a bunch of beers and and try beers maybe that you haven't tried before, but it, it's you know there's so many options to choose from and there's so many tap rooms that you can you know you can make a day out of just doing some tap room visiting and create your own little beer fest mm-hmm. uh, depending on where you are um but yeah it's nice to have some i don't want to use the word gimmick but you know something something that's unique and different like the northern lights rare beer fest where mm-hmm. you're gonna get beers you can't try anywhere else and these types of pairings that were at Winterfest, i think that's smart well and i haven't introduced him yet but we've got matt here from wild mind uh how you doing matt not too bad. I was actually going to chime in on the brewer yeah, side. I want to hear what you think. Um, so from the brewer standpoint, the uh, the Winterfest was fantastic this year, actually, because uh, one, it made it easier for us because it's like, all right, you you get to bring two beers, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And so you get to put more time and energy into those two beers. So like for us, like we brought like two of our best stuff to that uh, Winterfest, and then for Winterfest as a whole, that kind of you know. Because I've always kind of thought some of these beer fests are getting a little bit stale. Because it's like, all right, you know, a large portion of these beers, I can go into any liquor store or bar restaurant and get this stuff, and this isn't exciting anymore. Winterfest was not that this year. It was mm-hmm. like almost every brewer is like, okay, this is something special. This is something different. This is something new. This is It was really, really great. It was lower stress, lower demand on the brewers and bringing higher quality beer and with fun partnership. It, it, I, I thought this one was a knock on the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. The the only critique that I would say I had was um, that some of the, the food vendors ran out a little bit early, um, in my opinion, but that would be the only the only critique I would really have to offer. Yeah, so we didn't have the best idea on how many people would be there. We were basically told, all right, bring two Sixtals worth of beer, and we ran out within, I think we were at like a half hour to like 45 minutes an hour, and so we probably could have done with a little bit more beer, actually. Yeah, well, and it's tough, too, to, to kind of gauge those things sometimes yeah. where, you know, yeah, everybody brings the same amount of beer, but not every booth gets visited the same amount. Right. Yep. So, uh, what was your food partner? So we we, you know we we thought we were actually very very lucky. We had we thought we had one of the better partnerships where we had uh, Trevi as a food partnership with uh, Indeed and Dangerous Man. Basically, so yeah, it was an epic tent. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I actually I actually didn't go near that that section because I'm like I'm not standing in line. Yeah, it <laughs> was our line was like just. Deep, 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 and that's where it's like we were even trying to be like cautious about our pores, and it was just like it just ran. They were doing like the, were they doing the hand thing, right? Yeah, so that was kind of a fun thing. Is like so we were basically told like this is the type of beer we're doing. It's like all right, so we played we try to basically play two contrasts on that flavor pairing, one towards the sour side, one towards the thing. Is you're basically take a lick of the hand and a drink of the beer, basically. What was what was the the food that they were doing oh, on the hand? Geez, I I'm was it like a like a fish bite or something. No, it was I don't think it was fish. It was. 
I can't remember it right now. Oh, see, we should have prepped. I know. <laughs> it's an amateur hour over right? here. Jeez. <laughs> no, um, but it, I mean, but even, you know, like I said, I wasn't standing in line and there was more than enough beer and more than enough food by the time the thing closed down. Yeah. It was like, man, I am full. I have had plenty of food. I have had plenty of beverage. Yep. Um, and I didn't get near the place covered. Yep. Um, and you probably really shouldn't anyway. <laughs> You'd be in a like bad spot if you did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, so I, you know, kudos to the to the guild uh, and, and to all the brewers and the folks and the staff organized uh, involved and to the restaurants um, for coming in to to that and really, I think, owning it and doing a great job. Do you know how those partnerships were were laid out? Uh, yes and no. Um, so when this was pitched, I forget how many months ago, the, the way it stated out was like, all right, who do you want to be paired with? Mm-hmm. And it was pretty... Give you a fantasy pick and we'll see if we can make it happen. Yeah, it's kind of what it kind of turned into. So that's where it's like you kind of, you, you look out in the crowd, I was like, all right, I can see where that sort of happened, that sort of happened and whatnot. Um, I think probably like a little bit of who want to be with who and a little bit of, uh, you know, the guild trying to pick on where they want to go and what makes mm-hmm. the most exciting matchup. Probably, it was probably a little hodgepodge of everything, but there was an email that went out that was like, all right, who do you want to be with, basically? So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. And what were the two beers you brought again? So uh, we brought, um, so we've been pushing more and more a beer called Spontanae. So we have been doing a lot of cool ship and in quotation marks, Lambic beer, because we can't call it that. Right. Uh, Otherwise, the French come knock down your door. Or? The, the Belgians. <laughs> uh, yeah, but basically, cool ship in every sense of it. So we do a lot of cool ship beer, and that's all starting to come out now. And we call that Spontanae. And so we did a tropical version of that. So it was uh, Lambic beer with uh, passion fruit, guava, and mango, I think. That yeah, so, sounds tropical. Yeah, maybe. so basically it was like, all right, what what fruit puree, purees do we have kind of sitting around? And it it was it was a really, really fun beer. And so we're going to do that one full scale here pretty soon. Nice. And then the other one was, uh, so last winter we did a beer called Double Depth Charge, which was uh, an experiment to see how fresh of a coffee beer I can make. And it did really well this year, so we decided to do it full-blown this year. And part of it was aged in a whiskey barrel. And then the coffee beans we used for it were also aged in a coffee, er, aged in a whiskey barrel. So it was like double depth charge, double whiskey, double coffee. Like it was across the board. You're you're a master of transitions, Matt. We uh we will talk <laughs> about that after this break. Uh, we've got yourself and CJ here from Up Coffee Roasters, uh, who you partnered with on the uh, the double depth charge. So we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Minnesota Beercast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast. Still Drew and Schmitty. <laughs> Not nearly as cool. Try. No, one of us is. <laughs> During the break, I was fortunate enough to be poured a glass of this uh, this uppers and downers, this uh, Milk stout aged on apple brandy coffee beans, and my oh my, is it fantastic. Yeah, we are talking coffee, we are talking beer. We've got Matt from Wild Mine Artisanal Ales, and we've got CJ from Up Coffee Roasters. CJ, you have brought some beans in for us. Uh, you guys are working together on some collaborations. Um, give us give us a little coffee 101. If nobody's 
I guess if, if I'm a tea guy, what what do you want to teach me about coffee when I walk into Up Coffee Roasters? Well, one thing that we do have is our retail area is right next to the roastery. So mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in to buy a bag of beans to take home, uh, not only do you have your choice of about 30 different types, uh, different varieties, but you can actually see the roaster. You can see us working. You can see us packaging. We have our grinders there. We have uh, our warehouse right back there. So um, one thing that I really enjoy about working back there is seeing people come back who have no idea what they want and uh, just being able to ask whatever question they might have. So, uh, you know, it's kind of our job to give them a general general place to start. Mm -hmm. We like to start with more medium roast coffees um just because they're they're easier to drink they're not going to be uh intimidated or scared by some of the bright floral citrus kind of notes that you get in a lot of the a lot of the more exciting coffees and some of my favorite coffees uh but i've been drinking coffee for a very long time right so um we we have a huge range of coffees all kinds of different options and it helps to see exactly where it comes from and feel comfortable enough to be able to go right up to the roaster and say, hey, can you tell me about this coffee? Can you tell me uh, about this roast level here? And uh, it's that's something that I really do enjoy doing at work. So is the is the key, what's the key to good coffee? Is it the roast? Is it the bean? Is it the the application of the water to the to the grind? Is it what... What is it that makes the ideal cup of coffee? It is everything. And um, we we work with cafe imports and we work with crop to cup and we work with a lot of different coffee importers. And their their entire job is just that. They go to these farms and they look at uh, look at different crops that these farms have and send us samples. And based on that sample, we can decide if that's something that we want to buy in a large quantity. Um, and sample roasting is also a very big part of what we do because we get about, you know, 100, 100 grams of coffee in the sample roaster and we taste that and mm-hmm. brew that and kind of see see if there's anything we like in there, see what we can take out of that and what we could potentially do with it. So with, with Matt's stuff, we did it in 100-gram samples and that was enough to get uh you know enough for four or five people to taste and kind of see do you want it a little bit stronger do you want it a little bit more more of the flavor of the barrel um so there's there's a lot of fun stuff that we get to do with that and uh sample roasting definitely helps us determine uh all of that and how far we want to go with a particular coffee yeah i'm used to getting my coffee you know from from the McDrive through, it's <laughs> it's watery, it's acrid, but it gets gets the job done. What, do you what do you guys do when I guess when you when you try to appeal to the consumers? Is it to get the the beans that are as exotic as possible, or is it to just roast everything you get to perfection? Um, what what is the process when when you guys do I guess serve? Well. Uh- we do have a very wide variety, a huge range of different kinds of coffees. So, you know, a lot of coffee shops these days won't serve uh, coffee roasted past a certain point. They just won't do dark roast anymore. Um, 
and there why, are why is that? Um, because it's looked down upon in it's too, too in common, some aspects, too pedestrian. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just something that the industry is kind of transitioning away from, mm-hmm. but also something that a lot of coffee drinkers still enjoy. Mm-hmm. And um, we we offer everything. We offer light roasts. We offer dark roasts. We offer things in between. We offer uh, special selects, so kind of the equivalent of a top-shelf liquor, mm-hmm. something that comes from a very specialized small lot. Um, we we have options. We have so many options, and I think that really helps uh, people feel comfortable coming in and just learning and growing in their own coffee knowledge with us because we have so many different things for them to try and uh, people, for the most part, seem to feel very comfortable just talking to us about it. I've got, I've got about ten or fifteen people I can think of that every time they come back, they come and flag me down and say, "Hey, what's new? Uh, what's what's changed? Is there a different new crop in or something?" And I I enjoy that. That's one of my one of my favorite things about my job. So, what is the bean that you you used with with Matt? Well, and that's, and maybe let's talk about the the collaboration you guys did together. What uh, once you chime in here too, Matt? With uh, what what is the collaboration? Um, so let's see. I'm going to start with basically saying I think in the past week the amount of people I've told about up coffee roasters is insane. Uh, just for the fact that their their willingness to work with us and kind of do like we, we do a lot of stupid stuff over at Wildmind. <laughs> uh, like how I got introduced to up coffee roasters was I was trying to find somebody to toast oats for me and like do you guys want to like throw some oats into your coffee roaster and see if that toast didn't work at all? But like <laughs> that's that, my favorite story. Uh, oh, yeah, but it made a beautiful relationship. After what, that. What, what kind of look did you get? <laughs> like so, like it was like three different looks between like the three different people. That like David was like, yeah, why not? Let's throw it in there. And then it's like everyone else is like, mm, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you know, you appease me. Um, so. Where it came down to is uh, we got our hands on these Tattersall Apple brandy barrels, and we kind of have a finite time that we can use them because uh, they need them back, unfortunately. Um, it's like, all right, wh- what can we put in them? And so one of the barrels is like, you know what? Let's 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 barrel age some coffee beans. Let's make a series of coffee stouts where it's like the, the beanization of coffee. Um, the, the bean is aged in a, a barrel of some sort. And so we're going to kind of see where this goes and try with different barrels. And so we have this apple brandy barrel. I'm like, all right, well, up coffee roasters does a bunch of fun stuff for us. Let's go over there. I've seen some barrels there before shot a couple of emails. They're like, yeah, let's fill it up. Let's see where it goes. Um, and so loaded up the apple brandy barrel, in my tiny little hatchback and drove it across <laughs> Minneapolis and dropped it off really ghetto style. Um, and we filled it up with beans. And so like, I basically put in their hands cause like, I don't know coffee. I don't know that realm. I'm like, you know what? This is the character of the apple brandy. This is what I'm getting. I, I put in your hands to basically figure out what's the best, you know, bean to put in there. What's the best roast and basically state primary one is going to be going into beer. That's, that's number one. Sure. We're going to make our own little cold press with it and we're going to sell the beans on the side. But number one is this needs to shine through, uh, through the beer. And so when you basically drink this coffee milk stout, uh, you should be able to taste that this coffee is something different basically. And so with this coffee milk stout, we made a nice, just kind of full body milk stout base. And then we, uh, 
aggressively uh, added coffee beans to it and yanked it out after 24 hours to basically strip that outer flavor. And so, what does aggressively adding coffee beans to it look like? Uh, <laughs> really angry like, face. Yeah. Ah! Just throwing them very hard. We play in. death metal in the background. <laughs> and the lights are flashing. Uh, <laughs> Um, m- way more than you would normally add because to basically try to pull that flavor. Um, and because really what I was going through is like, you know, when you smell this cup of beer, or this pint of beer, I want it to be like you opened up that bag of that yeah. apple brandy coffee. And yeah. so when you smell this thing, it's like, that's a weird coffee. Like that, there's something different. So like you get, like I can smell the apple like crazy on mm-hmm. this. Um, I can get some good oakiness on it. A little bit of vanilla, typical roast on there. It's all these kind of sort of fun flavors, um, and it, it really does smell like that coffee bean like we were. So, did you guys throw whole beans into a, a, a muslin sack, or did you did you do a coarse grind and just let them let them sink to the bottom? How uh, how did you guys incorporate the the coffee into the beer? Well, actually, uh, let's let's pause there. That's a good question, and let's pick that uh, pick that question up on the other side of this break because right, uh, we perfect. are up against the clock. Uh, we'll find out more about how this amazing beer came together. It's being released on uh, Friday, right? Yep, correct. Is tomorrow available, available in the tap room on Friday. I'm going to try to swing down there and pick up as many crowlers as I can hold in my grubby little hands. <laughs> we'll also have the coffee beans for sale as well, and I will say it has made the Best cup of coffee I've ever all had. Right. Well, you guys are getting all my money tomorrow. We'll be right Woo! back on the Minnesota Beer Cast. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, anywhere on your iHeartRadio app. I do want to do a, a quick plug for the iHeartRadio app. It really is the best way. To follow the show, to stay updated, to get notified when new episodes are made available, just go to uh, download the free iHeartRadio app, hit the podcast button, search for Minnesota BeerCast. You'll find our own channel there with all of our archived shows. And uh, and if you choose to follow us and share us with your friends, we'd really appreciate it. And you will get notified immediately when new episodes like this one are uh, posted and available. Yeah. It's always fun. Uh, That, yeah. What mm-hmm. Sch- Schmitty just said, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, just do it. And you know, we should do a we should do a little bonus show again one of these days. Okay, we haven't done a, a post show show in a while. Mm-hmm. We haven't done a, a bonus show. I don't know if uh, today's the day with the the weather being the way it is, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, maybe from Bachfest. There you go. Maybe we'll do some bonus Bachfest. That's episodes. just gonna be called Drunk Fest afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's been known to happen. Maybe <laughs> I will get that Airbnb after all. <laughs> <laughs> when we left off, we were teasing the uh, the coffee beans. We're, we're of course joined by Matt from Wild Mind Artisan Ales and CJ from Up Coffee Roasters. What the, what kind of beans did you use here, CJ? So we used uh, Peru for this this project. Um, Peru is one of our favorite coffees, and uh, we actually have a really good relationship with this farm, the Cafe Feminino Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and David has been uh, has actually been there uh, and set up a couple a couple things with them. So that's that's one thing that he really likes to do is he likes to go to as many farms as possible uh, because he likes to go beyond fair trade. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to see that yeah you could put a fair trade sticker on a bag but are the workers actually 
enjoying themselves? Are they actually being taken care of? Is it actually, uh, you know, clean and, and sanitary for, for them? Uh, so that's, that's something that's important to, to uh, go and see whenever, whenever possible. And it's, it's not always possible because it's expensive to travel sure. and, and time-consuming, especially when you're running a business. But whenever, <laughs> whenever he can, he does. So what, what makes a good coffee, and why did you choose uh, this Peru? Um, the Peru is just uh, an overall really good coffee. It's it's very flavorful without being overly bright or overly acidic. And yeah. um, whenever we do a barrel age project, we like to ask, what would you like to highlight here? Do you want to highlight a particular flavor of the coffee, or would you like to highlight the flavor of the barrel or... Um, that's that's very important to start with because if we put a coffee in there that's very bright and very fruity on its own, but you don't really want to get that aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, then it's kind of too late once you put them in. Yeah. So uh, the Peru is a very good coffee, but it's not going to pop like that, like a lot of natural process coffees are, because um, it is a washed coffee itself. What, what does that mean, it's a washed coffee? That is uh, the, the process... Um, that the coffee goes through after it is harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, washed is the most common one. Mm-hmm. If you if it doesn't say anything anywhere else, you can just assume that it's washed, and that means that it's it's fermented in a tank for a while, and then it's run through a machine and taken out of the fruit because the seed is what the bean is. Sure, uh, and it, it's inside of a piece of fruit. So that's that's something that a lot of people don't realize either. And that's why I kind of brought these little bags of green coffee because a lot of people haven't uh, actually seen what green coffee looks like. And it does just look like little little seeds. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of cool on its own. But. So is, is this Peru a little fruity? I know Matt had said he was picking up some apple notes in the... Uh, in the beer earlier, but I don't know if that was coming from the barrels or if that was coming from the coffee. That was coming from the barrels. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you get that barrel character into the coffee bean? Uh, we take the, we take the beans and just put them right into the barrel after, you know, we kind of verify that there's not an excess amount of liquid in there because like he said earlier, uh, it would, it would tend to get moldy if you, if you just have a bunch of liquid in there. Um, because it is it is an organic product itself, so sure. if you add moisture to it and keep it closed up, it's gonna it's gonna go bad. But what you really want to do when you barrel age coffee is just have treat the coffee as a blank vessel to kind of absorb all of the flavors that are already soaked into the wood in the barrel. Because coffee itself is very porous, mm-hmm. as is wood. So when you have something like that you can just put it in there set it to the side and then kind of shake it around every so often and uh that barrel that he brought us was by far the freshest barrel we have ever used uh it it looks like they had just drained it that day it was so <laughs> fresh when we when we first took the plug out and smelled it it was we all had to take a step back. <laughs> thought we were going to get day drunk just off of that scent. It was it was crazy, um, crazy in the best possible way. That's uh, awesome. So it it really didn't take that long to age, just because it was so fresh and there was still so much uh, 
so much of the flavor in there. Uh, we have some barrels, too, that are very dry, and that takes a lot longer to extract that flavor. So are you aging the beans green or aging them roast? Aging them green, yes. Okay. Because once you roast coffee, it, it begins its expiration date, so to speak. Uh, once you roast it, it starts to degas, and then all that flavor starts to kind of go away. Uh, so you can keep green coffee under the right conditions for months and months at a time. Cool and dry and out of the light? Yep. Is that kind of the yes. same way you keep your hops? Yeah, there's so <laughs> many similarities between uh, between the coffee and the beer that, in, you know, in our conversations before the show and even during the show, it's 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 funny how, how much, you know, it, the, the conversations around the processes and the flavors and all the different things you can do are, are so similar to what we've learned, you know, covering the uh, the craft beer world for the past few years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a beverage unto itself, and it deserves you know deserves just as much respect as a, as beer does, at least <laughs> until noon. And there's a lot of so, and there's so many different <laughs> var- varieties. You know, for a long time, everybody thought beer was just this thing, beer, and it tasted like beer. You know, and that's how a lot of people look at coffee. Yeah. Still. But there's there's so there's so much more room to play there. And I love being the one to change people's minds on that. That's, yeah, uh, that's it's something fun. I pride myself. I was being a bit facetious earlier when I said <laughs> I go to the the McDrive through to get my coffee. I, I love going to a, a good coffee shop uh, or a roaster and, and trying those different beans. You know, the the Sulawesi and and all the different flavors, the Sumatra. Um, you know, really experimenting with what you can get out of a out of a cup of coffee is is phenomenal see i like crushing people's dreams when they ask me what i'm brewing <laughs> <laughs> what are you brewing today beer <laughs> that's it so yeah we we had left the break talking about um the the coffee and how you incorporate it into the beer what is what is the method to your madness here matt yeah so i i've been playing around with this and uh, we kind of do it differently. We kind of do it similar. Um, so, like, when I tell them, like, all right, this is going to be going into beer. That's its main purpose. So I want to basically, you know, yeah, you taste like coffee, but I want to get that barrel character in there as well was th- the main goal here. Um, and so when I started kind of going this realm of coffee into beer about a year ago, um, I was basically – I always have a big pet peeve when I'm drinking a coffee beer and it's like, tastes like this nice beer with a whole bunch of old coffee grounds and it, sm- it kind of smells and tastes like stale coffee, basically. And so I I'm, I just made a blanket statement. I don't even know if this is true or not, but I was like, you know what? Like, you know, coffee kind of degrades under oxygen and CO2. It's just not good for it. So after the beer is fermenting, I'm going to see if I can try to keep that devoid of any sort of oxygen or CO2 until it gets coffee. And so I did these small batch last year where I basically purged everything of nit- with nitrogen. So there's no oxygen, no CO2. It's all nitrogen, all nitrogen across the board. You know, kegs were nitrogen. Um, and then when I brought it into the cooler, I was able to get 75 pounds of pressure of nitrogen on top of those beans. And that beer was just smell like a fresh old bag of coffee and so that beer did wonderful so it's like all right let's see what we can do for a larger scale of that and so for me um the best way that we basically get the fresh coffee out of there is you know two three days before we are going to keg this beer we add whole coffee beans into the bright tank basically so we're like instead of dry hopping we're dry beaning we don't crush it Dry beating. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we don't crush it in any way, shape, or form. We do the whole beads, uh, beans into a bag, put it in the bright tank. That bright tank is already carved up. 
but then uh, purged with nitrogen to kind of try to keep it a fresh environment for those beans. And 24 hours later, we take it off and we keg it up, and then it's on tap that day or the next day. Now, CJ, being the coffee expert, is he selling himself short by not crushing up those beans? Uh, I mean, he's not going to get nearly the surface area that he would if he was going to grind those beans, right? Well, I don't know nearly enough about the brewing world to know what works and what doesn't. I, I So I, I can't say on that. <laughs> but, I mean, you don't pour a hot liquid over, over, whole, over beans. whole beans. You don't if you're trying to make a cup of coffee. That's true. So, yep. so uh, I'll, I'll spill some details. So basically, uh, hold on, hold on. Save those details. That's a good tease. Oh. We, will, we will save those details for the final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast coming up next. Woo. Welcome back. Final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast. We left off with some beans about to be spilled by our <laughs> guests, Wild Minds and Up Coffee Roasters. Fantastic show. Really fun. I uh, really enjoy talking about coffee. We don't get to do this enough. I'm just missing a cigar. Should start the oh, uh, <laughs> start the coffee cast, right? How can we incorporate a cigar into your beer, Matt? Uh, I uh, don't get me wrong. I've tried to play <laughs> with that round before, and I've gotten like that's basically side project homebrew that public doesn't get a taste, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, that that thought's crossed my mind a lot. Just let me know if if I can collaborate <laughs> yeah. in any way. You definitely like to live up to uh, to the wild minds moniker. Well, it's wild. It's wild mind. I, I, <laughs> oh, the amount of times I've seen that combated online. It's what ass, right? Right. What and why? Because it, it's just your soul, wild mind. That's just eaten up that I have no longer. <laughs> <laughs> so when we, when we did leave, you were you were you were teasing. You're going to spill the beans. On. Yeah. So I'm always an open book because, like, you know. Maybe my beer is good. Maybe it's not. Um, I have a thought to my madness and whatnot. If it makes better beer, awesome. No, I will commend you because you've come on before and you've walked us through, um, you know, some some errors that you've done. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we tasted one of those today, actually. No, I mean, honestly, it's I love I love the fact that you come on and talk about process and learning. Um, you know, it makes everybody better. Yeah. So you're to be commended for that. Awesome. I'll take it. Um, so like with, so yeah. Okay. So if you're making a pot of coffee, um, you're grinding it up, you're trying to get that full immersion. And so you get this full robust, you taste it, whatnot. Um, but when it's going into beer, you know, a good 90% of the time you are going into a stout or a dark beer or something that already has fairly robust flavor, a fair amount of bitterness, you know, fair amount of full body, all that stuff is there. Um, and so if you are adding coffee to that at full ground, um, one, if you're kind of going the route where you do have a lot of CO2 in there, that coffee could degrade a lot faster. Um, and you're going to get the full robustness of that coffee. And so you're going to be adding a whole bunch more bitterness to the beer that's already bitter, that already has all this coffee flavor already there. And you're just going to really just kind of get overwhelmed with this coffee flavor. And so there's so many times I've had a coffee beer where it just tastes like bad old coffee beans and it's just too robust, too bitter, too much. Um, and so for this beer, you know, we wanted to highlight the coffee beans. And when you drink it, I want you to be like, oh, that's, a, you know, that's an odd 
something different coffee beans like they got these apple flavors whatnot I'd like to kind of figure out where it's coming from but i didn't want to overwhelm you and so and you'll if you read a lot into coffee and beer you'll start to kind of see a trend and so it seems like a lot of people basically use whole coffee beans and so for that point you get you know the outside of the bean and so you get all this epic aroma of the coffee and so when you smell this you know cup of beer this pint of beer it smells like a fresh bag of coffee and you take a sip of it and it's this smooth, rich beer uh, with a little bit of coffee in the background that's not basically overwhelming or too bitter or too out of whack. And so I could be wrong, but I I personally feel um, it makes a a smoother, uh, more um, cohesive story when it comes to beer and coffee. I like it. It makes sense. I was just giving you a hard time. You don't. <laughs> no, I, I love the fact that it's it's a component and not just a dominant flavor. This is our our coffee beer. It's as coffee as coffee gets in a coffee beer. Coffee, yeah. coffee. So no, like, don't give me like this beer. Like we definitely want it to be you know trend more towards the coffee. But at the end of the day, you're drinking a beer. And it needs to be a nice smooth stout. So. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's nothing that that upsets me more when I have a coffee beer and it's nothing but just bitter acrid like it tastes like bad coffee in a beer and i don't know if sometimes that's because it sits around for a while or if they use bad coffee from the get-go with the process is not good but there's nothing worse than a bad coffee beer oh don't get me started on that (laughs) (laughs) so the uh, there's not much better than a good coffee beer like when you do it right when when it's done right man God, they go together. They go together so well. Yeah, I yep. will advocate for a coffee beer any time of day, but it's it's best in my humble opinion uh, when you're gonna smoke something or barbecue it all day long. You know you have to start early in the day. Yeah. So start with, with a divine coffee beer. So that it's a breakfast beer. That absolutely. <laughs> I, had, I actually beer a couple people talk about that Nothing today. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get yourself a big green egg, get yourself a coffee oh, beer, get yourself oh, some pork shoulder, yum. make it happen. Yeah, that's good stuff. We'll talk about some news, Drew. We got actually a very relevant story that uh, in my efforts to uh, open up the tab, I accidentally hit the X and closed it. So you're going to have to give me a moment while it reopens here. (laughs) Um, But uh, very relevant to our guests here. Uh, I've saw this story floating around social media a few times over the course of the week. Uh, Alcohol and coffee can help you live past 90. Hell, I saw that. According to a new study. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> right? A study out of the University of California, Irvine, has revealed that consumption of, and this is the key, Schmitty, mm-hmm. moderate oh. amounts of alcohol. Oh. Mm. Based on yesterday, how I felt yeah. after my alcohol and coffee day, I felt. Moderate is relative. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee is linked to living a longer life. Uh, the key word is moderate, of course. The study called the 90 Plus Study started in 2003 and examined the oldest old age group, about 1,700 uh, participants, to determine what is the key to living to your 90th birthday and beyond. The study has found, among other things, that people who drink moderate amounts of alcohol or coffee lived longer than those who abstained, and that people who were overweight in their 70s lived longer than normal and, uh, or underweight people did. So, so got- if I can make it to my 70s. <laughs> yeah. I like it. No, that's that's now. What is moderation? I was going to ask that. What is that? Is that yeah? Well, the research found that subjects who drank two glasses of beer or wine every day. That's solid. Actually, Mm -hmm. decrease their chances at a premature death by eighteen percent. 
And those who drink two cups of coffee a day decrease their chances by 10%. So can I save up during the week so I right. can take Monday <laughs> that's, that's, that's my question, yeah. And put them on to Friday and so Saturday. 14 I, beers! Yeah. That's, that's 10 beers on Friday, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know. Makes sense to me. That's just simple math. Leave work at 5, <laughs> carry the 1. Yeah, I think it makes sense to me. And I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely well beyond the two cups of coffee a day. That's, that's like college life for me right there. I look back and it's like... Two pints a day, two pints tomorrow, Wednesdays, two pints. Right? Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. There's hope, there's hope for us, yeah. yeah. Oh, is uh, that two little... cups or is that two pints? That's totally know. different. Is that two kegs? You know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's all George, relative. George Burns smoked a, you know, smoked a cigar a day until he was 101. Bad you boy. know, you always hear these news stories about Ethel lives to be 117 and she <laughs> takes a shot of whiskey for breakfast. Yeah, every time you hear somebody celebrating their 100th birthday, they've always got a bad habit. Yeah. They've always yeah. got a vice. Yeah. You know, there's always something. It's... How did you live to be so old? Well, here's yeah. what I do. Every day I have a shot of whiskey and I smoke a cigarette. Yeah, you know, you know what? I live. I enjoy my life, so I enjoy. I look forward to the next day. I think that mental aspect, probably aspect just happy. of it has yeah, exactly, right. absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. if you if you don't deny yourself the things you enjoy and you don't live a life of of abstaining from from life's pleasures, you look forward to the next day, and that mental aspect of it is a huge part of of. Especially when you get to that age, because your body can give out any time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Make the most of it. Grab life by the reins, man. Absolutely. All right. Have fun. Speaking <laughs> of that, uh, there's a new opportunity to do that here in Minneapolis. Yeah. Grabbing life by the reins. A uh, new place to uh, gather with friends, family, and coworkers, and throw axes. Yeah. Bad axe throwing. <laughs> yeah. It's a chain, actually. Yeah. It's a chain. Bad axe throwing. An axe throwing chain based out of Burlington, Ontario, is slated to open 8,000 square foot location on uh, Kennedy Avenue uh, coming up on March 10th. This will be its first Minnesota location, but 17th overall. The concept is straightforward. It's like a bowling alley, but with axes. It's so much cooler than it sounds, I promise you. Have you, have you done <laughs> that? Yeah. Part? So I've done it in Vegas before. It is exhausting and awesome, and you feel all that is awesome at the end of it. It's it's wickedly cool. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me more about your experience with this. I, I want to know more. <sighs> so That might be after hours. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it like a double-sided battle axe? Is it just yeah. like a wooden hatchet? What, what is the experience? Uh, so basically, so there's a, I would say it's a combination of basically you get bowling and and um, like a batting cage. So everyone has their own lane with cages on each side. And good. you basically have. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is like my first house, is there a bar there as well? No, no alcohol yeah. and access. That's uh, not happening. That, no, that is happening. What? No. what? <laughs> that is happening. You're allowed to bring your own beer and wine. No mm-hmm. hard liquor. Mm-hmm. And the location will eventually have Flask. its own bar serving uh, serving local craft beers and a few wines uh, pending a liquor license. Oh, mm-hmm. somebody's going to die. <laughs> but until no. then. I, I smell well, gash wounds. I I yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's Minneapolis. I wonder if they've applied for that license yet. Yeah, that... In Vegas, we couldn't even have alcohol with this at all. Flask. Yeah. Flask. Uh, they asked if, if axe throwing was a safe activity, especially with beer potentially being involved. He said the company has never had a serious injury. <laughs> did, it's just a I could see that axe going straight into my thigh. <laughs> did, did have the qualifier of serious. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. D- depends what you open mean by to serious. In, open to interpretation. You know? yeah. uh, never had a serious injury and that it is a safe activity for nearly all ages as long as safety protocol is followed closely. And you will spend the first 15 to 30 minutes learning uh, you know, learning how to how to throw how to properly throw the axe by a professional. Yeah. when you go, 
Yeah. I like suppose. the first time. I wonder if you can be like, nah, I've been here before. I'm good. Right. Nah, I'm pro. <laughs> Yeah, just like skydiving. After a while, you just I've got right my own intro. You for sure got to sign a waiver yeah. when you go in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, good show, guys. Thank you so much. Ooh. Up Coffee Roasters, Wild Mind, Artisan Nails. Really appreciate you guys coming in. Congratulations on a really fantastic collaboration. Thanks it for having us. Awesome. Very Fun tasty. Stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. I will probably see you guys tomorrow when awesome. I come out to buy all the crowlers. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good pal.